all my paranormal misfits and welcome to the Paranormal Misfit Podcast. I am your host Chrissy and I'm here to talk about all things paranormal and spooky. From experience that I or someone else has had, to the shows, movies, and books, to lores and legends, and to the places known for the paranormal. I'm going to talk about all of it. I myself am a believer with a healthy set of skepticism. Uh, You'll hear my thoughts and feelings about different topics revolving around the paranormal, so cozy up with your favorite beverage of choice and listen along. Good evening, all my paranormal misfits. Welcome back to a new episode. I'm excited for tonight. Uh, So the last episode, I covered the White Thing, Alabama's famous cryptid, and tonight I'm going to take you guys into a hotel steeped with rich history and paranormal And it was even announced as one of America's most haunted hotels by the paranormal investigators, such as Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. And this is the Crescent Hotel. All right, let's get on with the podcast. So first, let's go over the history behind this immaculate hotel. It was built in 1886 in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. The Crescent Hotel and Spa is... um, sits atop a gorgeous mountain, is a gorgeous mountaintop resort, can't even read what I wrote, um, and was considered America's most luxurious resorts. This massive resort was built at a cost of $294,000, and Isaac Taylor was the architect at the time of construction. They had to use special wagons um, to transport the huge pieces of magnesium limestone from the quarry site on the White River near Beaver. Due to the density of the stone, this requires specific precision of cutting and fitting, which ended up with them um, bringing in a group of specialists from Ireland to come in and assist um, and oversee the construction. The area itself garnered massive rep- a massive reputation due to the healing magic of the springs around the area. For 15 years after it was... After opening, it was a pop-in location for the elite. Then, in 1902, the hotel was leased to the Frisco Railroad for five years. Due to the slow business during the winter, it then transitioned into the Crescent College until 1934. So during basically like a college year, they would um, open it up as a college, and then during the summer, they would be a resort. So, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Um, so this college only, uh, this college provided education to women. So in 1937 is purchased by a Norman Baker and he remodeled the hotel college into the Baker cancer clinic. While it was found that he was a nasty fraud preying on those and their loved ones in their most desperate times due to the cancer, he claimed he could cure cancer without ever having to cut into a patient. This went on, and while the American Medical Association was feuding with him, trying to get those to understand how fraudulent he was, and it wasn't until 1940 that he was jailed for mail fraud. That's right, mail fraud. Not medical fraud, mail fraud. Um, and yeah, so this location would go through another round of owners, and then by 1967, it was damaged by a fire due to bad wiring in one of the suites taking out the whole fourth floor. Over the decades, there were multiple owners again and more remodeling and restoring this resort to its former glory with modern amenities. All right, so that was the history. Now let's move on to the paranormal. So there's multiple stories with this location. A few rooms have been listed 
as where ghosts like to haunt. We've got room 218 where um, Michael, an Irish stonesman who fell to his death during the original construction of the hotels, during the original construction of the hotel, that's where he likes to hang out. 419 Theodora, a cancer patient, can be found fumbling with her keys outside the room and is also known to tidy up the room for guests as they leave the room. There's also a small boy named Brecky who passed away in the hotel due to appendicitis that can be found running around the hotel and bouncing a ball. Dr. John Fremont Ellis, the resort's built-in doctor, can also be seen smoking on his cherry pipe tobacco and some have even smelled it as well. There's also, and I'm excited for this one, there's also a famed hotel cat named Morris who can be seen and heard around the grounds of the hotel. So on the hotel's website, there are stories that guides have shared as various um, guests have experienced uh, while staying there and visiting there. So here's a couple. One such guide revealed that she had met a couple that was staying on the first floor near the governor's suite. The couple subsequently told the guide that on their second night in the building, they had slept with just the sheet covering the two of them. The husband then awoke in a deep, sweet... What? The husband then awoke in a deep sweat, realizing someone or something had tucked them in with a comforter. Apparently, they had been tucked in... Um, on more than three times that night, another guide recounted an incident where two guests checked into room 221 one early spring afternoon. Upon leaving the elevator of the second floor, they immediately encountered a man wearing an all-black Victorian-style outfit. With a smile, he asked the guests as to whether or not they required help finding their guest room. Believing this person to be a hotel employee, they agreed. The man in the Victorian attire led them to room 222, unlocking the door and pushing it open. As the couple entered, they realized they hadn't tipped the man, and when they spun around with some cash, he had seemingly disappeared. Perplexed, the two guests just relaxed in their guest room for the rest of the day. When they tried to re-enter room 221 later that evening, the door wouldn't budge. The couple then descended down to the front desk where they asked what was wrong with the key. The staff member stated that they somehow received the key to 321. The two described that the men, man who had originally let them into 221 and the staff member reported there's no such person who works at the hotel presently. Okay, so back when we backtrack to the history, we do know that Eureka Springs and Crescent Hotel itself became an experimental cancer hospital that a doctor, Norman Baker, claiming to be a licensed physician, examined cancer patients in the hotel's basement while charging unsuspecting families their life savings. Several apparitions from the hospital visit the hotel today. The Dr. Baker has been seen in the hotel lobby. He's described as a man with a purple shirt and a white linen suit, matching photographs of the infamous entrepreneur, a nurse pushing a gurney residing in Baker's Old Morgue area, is known to squeak and rattle down the halls of the hotel. A hotel maintenance man witnessed all the washers and dryers mysteriously turn on in the middle of the night. The laundry room is located next to Dr. 
Baker's old morgue, which still contains his autopsy table and walk-in freezer. Housekeepers report meeting Theodora in room 419. She introduces herself as a cancer patient of Dr. Baker's and then vanishes after curtsies, courtesies are verbally exchanged. Steve Garrison, a cook at the hotel, swears he doesn't drink on the job. In fact, he doesn't drink, period. However, Garrison may have been tempted by two strange encounters in the kitchen on, of the uh, haunted hotel's crystal dining room. One morning, while slicing and dicing some veggies, he looked up and saw a little boy with pop-bottle glasses, dressed in old-fashioned clothes and knickers, stepping around the kitchen. One morning, Garrison flipped on the light to begin the day's preparations when all or so, some or all of the pots and pans came flying off their hooks. The Crescent Hotel has so many ghostly tales to tell the to tell that the tours of this historic place and the Ozarks are held throughout the year. That's written terribly. Anyways, uh, tons of different paranormal groups have investigated this place over the years, and they've all kind of, kind of came to the similar conclusion, right? Is that the limestone at the resort was built with, including the springs that are around it, um, are believed to be the catalyst for the paranormal experiences that happen as the stone especially is seen to have a special ability to absorb and release electromagnetic and psychic energies. A fun fact is that annually, the hotel hosts a conclave, um, Eureka Springs Paranormal Weekend, for the paranormal investigators, for them to basically kind of do some overnight ghost hunts and come to their own, you know, conclusions with questions they may be seeking. A few of the shows, such as Ghost Adventures and uh, Ghost Hunters, have actually investigated, and you can find these episodes on TV. Though I tried to find Ghost Adventures, and theirs is in season 16, but that particular episode is not playing on any streaming service so far that I have. Uh, I didn't look for Ghost Hunters, but I'm sure theirs is actually showing. And I think when it comes to these paranormal encounters and evidence, it's very subjective, right? So while the shows on TV and those on YouTube are here to show us evidence, at the end of the day, it's for likes, views, and entertainment. I do really love reading and hearing the stories of personal encounters because it kind of gives a little bit more validity to the hauntings. But honestly, could they just be tricks of the mind? Could we put ourselves on edge so much because we hear the stories and are expecting something creepy to happen? And uh, that's it for this episode. So let me know what you think about it. Do you have a story about the paranormal you'd like to share or have you been to the Crescent Hotel? I'd really love to hear about it and share it on the next paranormal episode. If you want me to share your personal thoughts or encounters, send me a message over IG or you can also send me an email at paranormalmisfitpod at gmail.com. I hope you guys have a good night. Well, that concludes this episode of the Paranormal Misfits. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you want to keep up with the latest and greatest, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're listening to on, and give me a follow on Instagram at paranormalmisfit. If you have your own spooky paranormal story you'd like to share or want to hear about a particular lore, place, or whatnot, please feel free to drop me a DM in Instagram, and on that note, I will catch you all later at the next episode, my ghouls.